Hi, I'm Brent Love, and this is Hope Works, a podcast by Hope Surrogacy. In every episode of Hope Works, we'll be talking with a surrogate as she shares her journey, her inspiration, meeting her intended parents, pregnancy, and birth. Hope Works is brought to you by Seed Trust. Seed Trust provides dependable escrow services for surrogates, intended parents, and egg donors. During your surrogacy journey, you have got to have a solid plan for your finances. Believe me, as a parent who had a baby through surrogacy, I know. At Seed Trust, you'll find quality managers you can count on and a secure online platform that's accessible, transparent, and reliable. SeedTrustEscrow.com. On time, online, worry free. That's SeedTrustEscrow.com. In this episode of Hope Works, Lori is telling her story. Lori is a hairdresser in Madison and the mom of two active boys. She first heard about surrogacy at her salon from her client, Gail, who happens to be best friends with Hope Surrogacy's co-founder, Mary. Hi, Gail. Lori started talking to Mary about surrogacy over seven years ago. Now, more than three years since her second surrogacy delivery, Lori says being a surrogate has made her more proud than anything she's done in her life. Lori had some major twists and turns while being a surrogate. She's from Wisconsin, but during her first journey, she delivered the baby in Michigan while on a trip to visit her intended parents. This was not part of their plan. The baby came early, and because of that, there were some major legal considerations to take on. Lori mentions that the baby received a Wisconsin birth certificate, which was a result of work done by their legal teams in Wisconsin and in Michigan. I want to remind you before we get started that Lori and I are not legal professionals. You definitely need to consult your legal team for questions on your own journey, and it is so important to have a lawyer that practices law for third-party reproduction. Lori also talks about carrying twins she did not originally agree to carry. It's very complicated, and you'll hear why, but I want to give you a couple of definitions for the lingo we use in the conversation. IPs refers to intended parents. Lori talks about an agreement she made with her IPs, and she's referring to a parentage agreement which is a signed document that's part of the process at Hope Surrogacy so that the intentions of the surrogate and her IPs are clear before they start the medical preparation for pregnancy. Lori also talks about selective reduction. This is something you have to discuss before starting surrogacy. When an embryo is implanted in the uterus, it may or may not take. Your doctor may recommend, based on the quality of your embryos, that you transfer more than one embryo during the IVF process. If parents intend to have only one child, the doctor can remove an embryo, taking away the chance for twins. This is called selective reduction. Lori and I are not doctors, and every surrogacy journey is different. Please consult your doctor when talking about your IVF process, the possibility of multiple embryo transfers, and the plan you have for your surrogacy and your family. And please sign up with the most incredible surrogacy agency you can find. At Hope Surrogacy, the team makes it their job to help you prepare in every possible way for the obstacles that you might find on your journey. They also take their team's 15 years of experience and guide you safely through the process by your side every step of the way. This is the kind of care that you need to look for in your agency. Surrogacy can be so complicated. Lori's journey definitely was. So, why? When it had so many difficult turns, 
does Lori still say that she's more proud of being a surrogate than anything else she's ever done? Well, I'll let her tell you. Hi, Lori. Hi. <laughs> I am so excited to talk to you. Um, Mary has told me a lot about you, but not everything, because there's too much to tell about your surrogacy journey. There's a lot that happened along the way. Um, but I'm very excited that you're here. Thank and you. And very grateful that you're talking to me. Thank you. I'll talk about surrogacy anytime I'm asked. <laughs> Yay. Um, so can we start... Um, at the beginning, do you remember where you first heard about surrogacy, how the idea of it came into your life? From Mary's friend, oh. Gail, that used to be a client of mine. Um, I heard about it before I even had my second child because I really thought I was only going to have one. Sure. So um, she told me all about it and it sounded exciting, but mm, I just didn't know. And then... Um, my mom was actually diagnosed with pancreatic cancer oh, wow. and I'd lost my sister too. So I told my husband, I need to have another child. I have to do this. We have to do it before my mom dies. So we did. So I had the second child and I loved being pregnant that I really thought I would maybe do it again. But raising children too yeah. was plenty. So then when Mary became my client and talked more and more about it, I knew that I was done with my own family. Mm. But to be pregnant again... Um, Sounded good. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it, it was a part-time job. It was a way to help my family out financially. And that's, huh. that was the first journey was, was that. And so you, uh, okay, you talked about Mary being your client. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that mean? I'm a hairstylist. So yeah. I do Mary's hair. Do you know that my husband is a hairstylist? No, here yeah. in Madison? No, no, in Minneapolis. Oh, we live in Minneapolis. Cool. But you, so you're, you're cutting hair. Um, uh, do you know how, like how many years ago was that when you were, when you were introduced to Mary? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, well over seven years ago, at least, um, eight, nine, ten. Sure. Yeah. And, and you had kind of gone through this emotional journey of having your second child and the things that were going on in your own family. Did your mom, did your mother get to meet your no, second baby? No, she was six. I was six weeks pregnant when she passed, but no, I was eight weeks. I'm sorry, eight weeks pregnant. I told her I was pregnant when I was six weeks. So she knew. Wow. Um, in fact, my brother's wife was pregnant also. So there was two babies coming that she didn't get to meet. Wow. Um, which is a bummer. Yeah. But uh, she knew, she knew. Yeah, they told me that my mom got to hold my baby before I got to. So I thought oh, that was wow. kind of cool. That's really special. Yeah, and I believe that. So, so she's here with us. Yeah. So she passed and you carried your child. Mm -hmm. um, you had a baby. You felt like your family was... How did you know your family was complete? Like what... what? I just, just raising, just having the duties of, you know, two kids. One is one, two is 20. I never believed that statement until I had two. And it's kind of like two is 20. <laughs> <laughs> one is one, two is 20. I've heard that from so many clients. Wow. And my, my older one was six and a half or yeah, six and a half when he was, you know, when my second child was born. So there's a big gap. Um, I couldn't imagine doing it when they're, you know, two, three years apart. How long was the gap between having your second baby and the moment you decided to contact Mary and kind of move forward? Gosh. And what, what were your deciding factors at that point? Um, I know that from giving birth from the first surrogate to my child, I believe is three years. And, you know, it takes nine months to carry the child. So if you do the math backwards, um, 
he was probably about two, you know, not quite two when we started this whole journey. It didn't take long. We were matched pretty quickly. And then it was frozen embryos. So that went, it all went pretty, pretty good. So it was, it was quick once it was decided. The yeah. hard part is just going through the whole, are you crazy? Is your husband safe when you have to go through the whole um, um, talk with the therapist? Is that what the psychiatrist? Yeah, psychiatrist, psychiatrist, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so she's asking you, because uh, we, you know, as IPs, we went through yeah. the same thing. I don't know what questions you get asked. I, I think they're pretty much similar. They really do want to find out if you're crazy or not. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Catholic, so she want to know, she wanted to flat out tell me it's against the Catholic religion. How do you think about that? What do you think about oh. that? Well, what did you think about I, it? I don't know. I thought I was bringing a child into the world. I thought that was a gift from God. So I didn't, I didn't find that to be problematic. With, yeah. But my husband did actually go talk to the priest to let him know that this, his mm. wife was doing that. Really? Yeah. And I said, what if he tells you no or you can't? He's like, I guess we'll still do it. I just wanted you know, him to know this is what we're doing. And it went. the priest just said, oh, okay. Really? Mm-hmm. And then if I didn't go to church and he did, the priest at that time would ask, how's your wife doing? How's she doing? Really? Yeah. So that was cool. I thought Very that was cool. neat. Um, wow. So did other people in your church find out like what, how it, what you were doing and no, um, church for us is to go and have our moment. I don't, I don't have a connection with the other parishioners per se. Your practice is your family. It's just, practice. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You and your husband. Yeah. I don't go to kids. church to be social. I yeah. go to church to get out of it. What I need, you know, what sure. I need to get out of it. Sure. So, um, I'm you, proud of it. So I would have shouted it from the rooftops if I needed to, you know? Yeah. Okay. So do you remember being matched do you remember kind of what you expected and how that match? Yeah, I remember went? the phone call when, when Mary called me at home and said, we've got a couple to match. You know, she's like, I think it's great. Um, she's a mom of three um, that got divorced and she remarried this guy and said, no, Mary, I don't want that. And she's like, mm-hmm. why? I'm like, because she has children. And he's like, or Mary said, but he doesn't. Well, she does. Hmm. And she's like, okay, well, you just, you know, talk about that with your husband, see what he thinks. So I did. My husband came home and, and I said, we've been matched or possibility of being matched the couple. Um, she has three children from a previous marriage and, um, and now she got remarried and they want to add. She had, I guess, really bad periods and had to have an ablation done where they mm. kind of like cauterize the uterus. Mm. So they tried to build her uterus back up and it didn't work. So they had to go the route of a surrogate to carry it. Um, and so when I told my husband that, that she has three children, I don't want to do this for this couple. This is not what I'm doing this for. And he looked at me and goes, why are you only having the baby for the female? Why are you not having this baby for the dad? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that's, that's really good. So I called Mary and I said, okay, I'll do it, you know? Wow. So that was, uh, that was an eye opener for me when my husband said that. Why, why only for the mom? Why can't the dad have his own babies? Yeah. So that was cool. So, um, you have the match meeting. What was it like to meet them? Um, it was cool. She's beautiful. You know, he's very professional at, uh, it was, um, it was strange, but it was really cool. It was, it was neat. And I said the same thing to them. I don't think she liked it per se, but they said, you know, why did you decide, you know, to, to pick us or to take us? And I said, because of you. And I looked at him and I said, because you deserve to have your own children. Yeah. Um, I don't think she probably liked that, but that's the honest to God truth, you know? Yeah. Well, that was the tip. That was the thing that tipped the scales. It's not that you don't want her to be a mom to this baby. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was just, uh, it was, it, yes, it was this, the, the tip. That's it. That's, yeah. that was exactly it. Um, we talk, uh, you know, 
we have to talk in my surrogacy journey, me and my husband, about genetic link and what that means to be genetically linked to the baby. Sure. And that I'm surprised almost to hear that being such a significant part of a heterosexual couple's journey. You know, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I and, really love that. And for my first surrogacy, it was her egg and yeah. his sperm. So they, they could match or they couldn't, you know, that worked. It just didn't sure. stay inside of her. So, um, which I kind of thought was cool too. Yeah. That knowing them, that this is exactly their. Yeah. Here, here's going to come this, this baby that's linked to them and carries that it's, biology with them. It's, yeah. Because which is hard for other people to think it has nothing of you. I'm like nothing of me. Yeah. I mean, the food you eat. Right. The health, the, <laughs> the health, nourishment. You know, health, yeah, the nourishment, but not, you know. Not, your, not the genetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think about the pregnancy itself, like before you got to the delivery, were there any surprises about getting ready to become pregnant or being pregnant? Things that might have been different from your pregnancies of your children? No, I don't think so. Um, that Just the hard part was the shots, you know, mm-hmm. that I have to do the shots in the stomach to shut my, my system, my uterus down, you know, to stop it from ovulating and then to do the shots to puff the uterus up to make it look like, you know, I'm about ready to have a baby on my own. And then once you do that, you have to do the shots in the butt for the progesterone to keep it. So that's the biggest difference I would say mm-hmm. is that, um, and lucky for us, that this took the first time. So we only had to go one round of all of that, but it was neat to have a friend and I would call the IP mom a friend at that time that I could call her and say, okay, everything in my closet is now on the floor. Cause nothing fits today. This is the day that, <laughs> you know, nothing fits. And she's like, Oh, I've been there. I understand. I, you know, hugs through the phone, kisses through the phone. So that was neat. So the part that I didn't like earlier was that she had babies, but yet because she had babies, she knew everything that I was going through, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. And so that was, that was better than I thought it would be. How often did you talk to her during Uh, the pregnancy? Really quite a bit. Um, probably through every little milestone of whether, you know, the, your pants don't fit, you've gone into, you know, maternity clothes. Um, I would talk a lot driving home at night when I would work. Um, they did ask me not to work out, not to run during my workouts during the first 12 weeks of it. So, um, that's interesting. Every once in a while I would call and say, can I run yet? Everything's good. Can I run? She's like, no, no, because with her babies, she didn't. And she chose not to. So she, I didn't have to agree to that at all, but I did. So I just, you know, talk about the workouts and different things that we had in common, but often really I I talked to her often. It was, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I just imagine you like on the drive home because you don't, you, you work uh, in the city, but you live outside yeah. the city. And I have so a 30, it's like, 35 minute drive home. So you would just like jump on the phone mm-hmm. and, and talk. Did you always talk about the pregnancy? Did you talk about other stuff? A lot of it, the pregnancy and yeah, yeah you know, and then just life in general. Yeah. And then my boys, what, you know, what my kids were doing and what they what were, were they into. doing at the time. Oh, well, sounds the season. They're in hockey, they're in baseball, <laughs> they're in lacrosse, they're football. So it, you know, it's, uh, delivered in you know April, I think everything started in August. So you know we went through the seasons of everything. So you're so wait so you're going to all the games, right? Oh yeah. And and you're pregnant. Uh-huh. Uh, did people talk to you about your pregnancy? You know yeah oh yeah and everyone knew. Um, what was funny is the grocery stores when they'll you know I'd have my my little guy and at the time um, 
or the, my older guy, actually, the clerk would be like, oh, your mom's having a baby brother or sister. And sometimes we would just say yes and smile and nod. And other times <laughs> we would just say, no, nope, this is someone else's baby. And it depends on how much time you had to, expl- you know, to explain it all. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, is um, the teacher called me one day. And um, actually, this is before I was actually implanted with the, the embryo. She had said, your son is talking about you being a surrogate and that you're going to sell the baby for $60. I'm like, oh, I said, well, we are talking about doing surrogacy, but never have I ever discussed financial anything with my son, nor does he know that there is any kind of financial anything. So I will let him know that I can't. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I'm not selling this baby. This is not on the market. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. Wow. So So, so you... I mean, that must have been a whole other journey about how you talked about your kids and how their understanding well, yeah, of it came. Before I did that, I asked my my five, well, how, say, how old was he? A seven-year-old, eight-year-old. I just said, would you mind if mommy carried a baby for somebody else? I said, mm-hmm. someone's belly is just broken and they it's their baby. They just can't hold it and they just can't, you know, take care of it for those little nine months that it grows. Would you mind if mom helps? And so he's like, sure. He's like, can I meet the baby? I'm like, I think so. You know, that was before we knew everything. I think so. So I was like, sure. Yeah. And the second time he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Again? Okay. Again so with this mom. So we were kind of rolled his eyes. Yeah, mom's Jeez, having another mom. baby. <laughs> Jeez. So um, it was, it was known in our town. It was known that it was not my baby. It was, you know, and there's a lot of women that came up and said, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. If I only would have known something like that, I would have done that or. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Did you have other, like these other women, other women coming to you, um, wanting to do this or, or had thought, Oh, I I wish I could do that. Some clients would be like, that's really cool. You know, maybe I'll do that, but they might've been in, um, a marital issue that wasn't supportive enough for it or, um, not sure if their family is complete yet, or I've never actually referred anyone to the surrogacy, but I, um, definitely have talked highly of it and I would I want someone I want someone to say they did it because I told them <laughs> I do I do because everyone should everyone should if they get a chance and if they loved pregnancy they yeah. really should well someone someone is out there listening to you right now through this show we're doing and it, you know this might um, this certainly could be part of their journey here well, yeah I, I tell people having your own children is it's it's wonderful and it's awesome and it's it's the best thing but being a surrogate and giving birth to someone else's child is it's magical it is it trumps it honestly trumps having your own children it's just wow. your heart i don't i don't even know how i can explain it it's just it's you're giving someone the perfect most ultimate gift ever so it, it does trump having your own. Although I love mine and, and I you know wouldn't ever go backwards and I cherish them with everything I have, but giving birth to someone else's child, it trumped it. It really did. You didn't know that when you started. Not at all. So you didn't know it was going to be so incredible and magical. What was the point that you knew wow, this is, this is big. I think completing the first journey, you know, Mm. that, um, I'm doing this again. I think that was immediately what I said. I'm doing this again. Mm. That was, it's, you know, it's, it's just cool carrying someone else's baby in your stomach or your uterus. It it really, it really is. So 
That's probably the one thing I'm probably the most proud of in my whole entire life is that I did surrogacy. And I know that sounds bad being a mom of my own children, but it is, um, it makes you feel awesome about yourself. And there's not a life, a lot, not a lot in life when you're a mom of kids that make you feel great because I feel like as a parent, I fail miserably no matter how hard I try. You know, it's never right. It's never good enough. It's never, but given someone else that, their child it was right it was good enough it was it was couldn't have been better so it's I'd keep doing I was retired the doctors retired me I didn't retire myself (laughs) (laughs) and that means that they were like you know you've I've hit the mark that my uterus doesn't hold it and my age and yeah so can we can we talk about the delivery of the first yeah first pregnancy the Um, first baby so you know I live here in Wisconsin the couple was from Michigan and um we went to visit them. So we were in Michigan visiting them at the time. And um, their whole weekend, the IP parents, the mom, had totally planned out. I mean, every, every minute of the day was planned. So all we, activities in the city yeah. and all that. So we got there Friday. We um, went out for met a, a friend of theirs, went out for dinner, came home, and sh- she was going to have a massage set up for me the next day. Uh, my husband and her husband were going to go hunting, and we were going to go do lunch and meet her brother, and then dinner to meet her mother. And then, I mean, it was just this whole big thing. So we go to bed, we get up Saturday morning with this whole thing planned. And of course, I'm pregnant full, you know, and I was what, 30, what I just say, 35 weeks pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I'm up early. Nobody else is up. So I'm just kind of wandering <laughs> the house. And I sat down on the couch and the coffee table's got a book on it. And, and I open the book and I start to page through it. And all of a sudden I feel this surge and I stand up and my water breaks. And I'm like, oh, so, you know running downstairs and I'm telling my husband, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, what do I do? And so I'm like, go get the parents, go get them. I'm going to sit down here and clean myself up. So he does. And I hear him whistling. So he comes back down. He's like, well, no one's answering. I'm like, because they're not dogs. What, who are you whistling at? (laughs) So I go back upstairs and I knock on the door and I'm like, guys, I'm like, my water just broke. And they're like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And they have their own jet. So that, that was a possibility in my world. It was a two hour flight home. So I called the, the midwives here in Madison and I explained, you know, where I was, what happened. And they're like, you cannot come home. I'm like, no, I can't. I'll be there in two hours. We'll be on this plane right away. We can be there. And he's like, no, you are early. You have not had your groupie strep test done. You have not because you've got to stay there. So that was scary because here I'm having this child in a town, a city that I don't know. And I didn't want to be there. And I wasn't happy. I was kind of grumpy because I worked really hard at getting them to allow me to have a midwife in Madison. And the getting the IP the IP parents to okay the fact that I used a midwife versus uh, an OB, and it, it took it took a lot, and so we finally convinced them it's not a backwards, you know, country bumpkin kind of way of giving birth. That it's at the hospital. It's everything is just normal. And your so, midwife is in, at this point you're in Michigan and your midwife is in Wisconsin. And, right. And they don't have midwives in Michigan or at this hospital. If they do, they're not at this hospital. I had no way there was, there was nothing. So I gave birth in Michigan on my back with my feet in stirrups that I didn't think we still did anymore. Um, but it was, it, it was fine. It worked. It turned out fine. Everything was great. It was a healthy baby girl at the end. It was good, but, um, it just was not what I envisioned. And, uh, so the legal process in Michigan is not the legal process in Wisconsin. So what? I guess not. What do you do? Um, I guess their attorney came and, and um, she, um, uh, not supported, but she she was, what's the word I'm looking for? She, um, she, she, I mean, she must have just shown up and like started walking through, okay, these are the steps. Well, I know that they were talking back and forth with, 
Mary here. Um, but I just found out that they actually had that baby's birth certificate say Wisconsin. I don't know how. I didn't, I didn't even know this. I'm, you know, it's been, what, seven years since I just found that out. So that was really cool. So it made it easier for them, the intended parents, to transfer everything over. Because that, which was funny too, the bracelet that you wear when you give birth, mm-hmm. that bracelet that the mom was wearing has my name on it, baby girl, you know. <laughs> oh my <laughs> but gosh. But we had to get everything. I wanted to leave. I don't want to stay there. This is, you know. Um, so they've worked really hard. And it was a Saturday. So you're talking over the weekend. Um, so that I could leave because otherwise um, I was one that had to make the medical decisions and do all that if there need be. There wasn't, but I'm the one. I just because it's my girl, even right. in the ho- even though it wasn't. So in Wisconsin, what happens is that the law provides for the surrogate to deliver the baby, and the intended parents are there, um, and they can make the medical decisions. So what you're saying right. in and Michigan that it wasn't, it wasn't and the case. I think because he went early enough, mm-hmm. just those few weeks early enough that paperwork wasn't really all set up. Typically, I think a lot of that is set up before right. you actually give birth. So yeah, we had a power of attorney. So the we second went, that baby yeah. comes out, boom, it's done Yeah, where we were early enough and my attorney was on vacation. It just, it wasn't, but I don't know what the attorneys went through for me. It, it was like any other delivery I'd have or, mm. or the other surrogacy I did. It, it, I didn't know the stress behind it. I don't know sure. if the intended parents did. I know Mary and the attorney did, but I don't know if we actually did. Did that stress you out? Did it take anything away from the moment that you had imagined in terms of giving birth and this baby coming to the world? It did because I- my boys weren't there. My boys didn't get to win, you know, be part of it, come to the hospital, see mommy, see this baby that mommy delivered, see this, you know, they never met this couple really. I mean, they did, I guess, once at lunch. So it, it took the end picture that I thought was going to be this big group of, of loving people coming together and and they didn't. And she ended up with jaundice so when the court hearing was in Wisconsin they were going to fly home but they couldn't fly because of her so they did everything satellite wise which again was another bummer for me and and then once delivering you know this connection that I had with the mom um I no longer had once I delivered the baby girl it was like she no longer needed me it was like being dumped by a boyfriend that's my it was like I'd call and she never answered where if I called before while I was pregnant she picked up immediately and she was yeah. so excited to talk to me but once she got her baby I was no that's I'm sure she didn't feel that I don't know but that's what I felt that yeah. I was like dumped and no longer needed and so that was but that's tough that was hard so that was my emotional postpartum issue was not feeling you know needed yeah. by them because they never answered the phone when I called <laughs> oh, wow. so that took a while for me to um, step away and realized you know it's okay so looking so Okay, that sounds like a much more intense delivery story than I was expecting. <laughs> and it wasn't that, I don't know. It, I mean, come on, you're like, you're far away from home. All the people you love, are, you know, all the boys and everything. And, and, and then you don't have the relationship that you expected to have afterward and, and all of that stuff. So you look back at it now and you feel proud. Oh, yes, I still do. Mm-hmm. So with all that that went on, why, where does the pride come in? That I gave a gift of life and gave that gift to the these parents, you know, their child. It doesn't I, at the end of the day, whether we talk or don't talk or friends. I mean, you know, we still talk, ish. You know, Christmas cards more so. Um, yeah. Actually, my older son is Instagram friends. Is that the right word? Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. yeah sure. So he'll show me pictures. Of, I don't do Instagram. 
<laughs> so he'll show me pictures yeah. through Instagram that way. Um, but if I were to call her and say, hey, I want a picture, she'd, she'd send me one in a heartbeat. We get sure. a Christmas gift from them and a Christmas card every year with pictures of them. Yeah. Um, they just live a different life. They, ha- they live in a world that I don't live in. So we are two different types of people that have two different paths yeah. that we take. But, um, but you're oh, full I'm, of pride. I am 100%. Absolutely. Is that, that's true for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, I, I had a better relationship with this first parents than I did with my second time around the second IPs. I didn't. Wow. Okay. So, so let's talk about that because in the timeline way, you knew right after you gave birth, I'm doing this again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was just a matter of when I was physically ready because I wanted to get back into shape before I jumped yeah. back into doing it again. So I was getting back. When did you shape. tell your husband, like, I'm doing this oh, again? I think the second we delivered it or when we were in. Oh, yeah. It was like in the I'm hospital. Doing, oh, yeah. I'm oh doing this gosh. again. Oh, my gosh. We, like I said, we all cried. It was yeah. it, it really was. It really was. Yeah. Did he did he tell you why he was crying in in the hospital? When because he, a birth is, a, a child is coming into this world. You know, I don't, you know, I'd like to witness birth personally. I've never witnessed from the other end. I've only witnessed it, you know, from the giving birth. But so there's, you know, there's an angle that he gets to see. um, That's totally different. You know, I mean, to some degree, I think, you know, just, just, you know, with his own children to see his wife give birth and to go through the pain and and everything you go through it, you know, he just, it's, it's amazing to him. And then to do it again and see this life and you get to hands, I don't know, you just, Knowing what your children do to you and you get to give that to someone else, he it like I said, he cried too. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so you decided I'm I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Two years later. Two years later, you're signing up for surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you call Mary. Mm-hmm. Well, see, Mary comes in. You have to remember, we talk every six weeks. At what point we were like, Okay, Mary, are you cutting her hair? And you're like, Mary. I'm going to okay, cut your hair start today. Looking, but start looking for intended parents for me. And of course, now I got to go through, even though I feel like I have more of an in, yeah. I still have to go through all the steps and fill out the paperwork and rewrite that whole form about who I am and, and what I like and what I dislike and the beliefs I have or don't have. I mean, I have to go through all that again. Wow. And then again, go through talking to the uh, psycho lady to make sure again, I'm not <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you haven't fallen off your rocker yet. Right. So uh-huh. we have to go through all this. So you do have to go through it. It's not like you decide and it happens. It, it does take, yeah. you know, steps. And so um, what was that match like? Um, same kind of concept in the sense that the, these people had, um, two children. One was an older one that was the moms from a previous relationship. And then they had a child together. Um, so the dad did have one of his own and the mom had two of her own. Um, but she has other um, postpartum depressions, issues that are se- severe. So it wasn't advised for her to have her own. And because of, I guess, pumping a female up to get eggs out is the same thing hormonally as going through birth. So it wasn't advised that she uses her own egg. So they had to use donor egg and then they used dad's sperm. Wow. So that was different in a sense that we did a fresh transfer the first time. So... I had to be on the donor eggs schedule of when they pumped her up, when they're shutting me down. And then when they, that was for the first IP mom for the second, for, the I, second. for, for my second. Yeah. So you did a fresh transfer the second time. Yes. Which means that you're doing all of the hormones uh, and, and doing all of the medicine to get your body ready to carry a pregnancy at the same time as she's the donor egg mom is getting. Yes. Wow. So that, that when we, for, so my second surrogacy, the first attempt was a fresh transfer. Wow. Um, did you, what, did you meet the, the donor, the egg donor? No, no, mm-hmm. but I guess the mom picked her out from 
I mean, I guess that is just the criteria. It's huge how you can pick it out. But um, I think she went by um, skin color um, as far as being more fair and eye color. And she has natural curly hair. The mom does. So she picked um, a donor that that had natural curly hair, hoping her kids would at least have some of the hair texture. Which I thought was funny. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that she went. I don't I know. I love it. You're, you're, that was you're one that hair, she said to me. You're so. a hair professional. So you're <laughs> like, I remember the curly I remember hair. remember the curly hair. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if she shared a lot of other stuff, but that was one of them I remember she shared with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, so that didn't, that first fresh one did not take. Hmm. So then we had to transfer again and then that was frozen. But her quality of embryos, their quality of embryos were not as good. Yeah. Because they, they, ra- be. they get graded. They get graded A, B, and C. I don't know if it goes below C. Um, so the first surrogacy I did, they were all A. She was like a rock star. They had like 14 grade A eggs, which I guess is not normal. Yeah. Um, so that was good. The second time they had one fresh that was a B and the rest were all Cs. Okay. So because the fresh B didn't take, the doctor recommended doing two. So we transferred over two embryos. Um, and neither and then, one of them uh, took. Wow. So then we were on the third go round and I said to Mary, I'm done after this. And yeah. a lot of it isn't, it's emotional. It's a lot of time in your life. They, um, I'm here in, in Wisconsin. The um, fertility clinic was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So we traveled up to Minnesota every time we did these transfers over and all that. And then just, you have to put the shots in your stomach, which are more like a diabetic needle, I think. That's a small little one. Mm-hmm. But the ones in your butt those are pretty big and um, it gets pretty painful after a while when you're, you know, you have to sh- shoot like an area that's like the size of a baseball staying within this circle. And so there's, there's a lot of pain on the third attempt that, you know, you're doing this. So I said to Mary, I'm done after this. I can't. So the second, the third go around was, was um, two as well. They had four left. They defrosted mm-hmm. all four. One died in the defrosting and then one was not real good. So they transferred over the two that they thought were the best and surprise they both took wow which wasn't in my plan at all wow when we were mad did mary tell you any of this (laughs) i mean i've gotten bits and pieces of it but i like that is such a i didn't know that you went through two cycles for that or that there were so many embryos at stake because that's a you know on the ip side i'm thinking about my own embryos which are in a freezer right now and i'm like Oh, the thaw is like such well, a nerve wracking thing. If we back up on the very first one, which this was interesting, like I said, class A, 14 of them, rock star, they defrosted the first one and the doctor called them, the mom and said, I don't like the way this one is defrosting because you have 13 other class A embryos. Do you mind if I take another one and thaw that to see what that looks like? Yeah. And she's like, no, go ahead. So he did. And he said, he called her back and said, this one's defrosting exactly how it's supposed to it looks great i'm going to transfer that one over so she's like great so i didn't know you know there's a medical end of all this that i don't get so So that was that so this one they only had let's see four five six seven embryos total which wasn't a lot really really and then to have one i don't actually know this we only had four really yeah and you know maybe i'm maybe i'm comparing it to to 14 you know i don't sure you know so i don't know 14 um, a's you're like yeah that woo (laughs) for people i mean these are we're talking like serious surgery lingo right now <laughs> right. but like 14 a's is like that is like you've won the the golden ticket the lottery the scratch lottery. off was a 25 it. grander you're you like winning it. big yes. time yes. <laughs> yes. so then to go from that to this and the fresh one's a b i'm like 
B. I'm What's like, a B? Okay. I'm like, okay, well, B should, B should be good. That's good. I'm good with B, right? And it didn't take. So then you're like a C and they're frozen. So that's, you know, to be a C and a frozen is a B and fresh is better yeah. than a C and frozen. And and so it, it, it didn't. But then to have both take um, was a shock to me because when you get matched as a parent, you go through all these scenarios and all these things. Will you do this? Will you not do this? Um, one of them is, do, do you want to carry two? And I'm like, no, I will, I'll carry one. You know, I do hair on my feet all day. Um, I do care about what I'm going to look like when I'm all done with this. So to have twins and have your stomach go twice out, you know, is it ever going to come back? What's it going to be like? And so we both agreed that if the doctor recommended transferring over two, one was still the final result. We only wanted one and we all agreed to that. And that's what it was. So then to be told that there's two, it's like, oh my gosh, now there's so much more involved in all this. So in my mind, it's like, okay, selective reduction, which I'm not for abortion, but when you do surrogacy, it's medical. Medical is putting this baby in you. So selective abortion is medical. And that's, that's how my brain presses it right or wrong. That's just, it's kind of like putting blinders on your yeah. eyes. And, um, so then when all this is done and they know they have twins, they called me or we sent letters and he goes, both of them said, we want both babies, mm. but it's your choice. So, wow. so intended parents can't tell you, you have to carry both and intended parents can't tell you, you have to abort or you have to do selective reduction as a surrogate. It's your body. It's 100% your choice and they don't have a say, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but I, that was a rough two weeks for me because I would never, ever, ever have agreed to have two embryos put in me if they would have said we want them both. Yeah. So, um, but then also I've got this weight that I'm now having an abortion, not a selective reduction because these are two wanted babies, not oh. just two embryos that both took. Okay. So you, why, why did you, why you say two weeks? Was that how much That's time? That's how you long had? it took between having this appointment. So we went back up to the fertility clinic and they did a test to make sure that both embryos were healthy because if one of them wasn't healthy, then it was an easy decision for the intended parents or, you know, for me mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so we had, and I should have asked Mary what it's called, but they, they tried to go up vaginally to take samples of both, um, placentas and the babies and they couldn't get at it properly. I don't know if it was the positioning, but they had to go then through the stomach or like through the belly button area with this really long needle and pull chunks and pieces out of and have it sampled so that they knew. And after going through that whole test, it came back that both babies were beautiful and perfect and healthy. So then it was you, I believe selective reduction means you just take the one closest to the exit. So again, when the results came back, the mom and dad are both like, we don't want to have any selective reduction, but Lori, it's, it's your choice. Wow. That is just, oh my gosh, I cried. I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. So we did have an appointment set up to have a reduction done. And so can we, wait, before you go there, yeah. like what do you, how do you make a decision like that over the two weeks? Like, I talked to everyone. I cried to everyone. I said to my husband, why do I feel like I'm being punished? I feel like God's punishing me for being selfish and doing this again. <laughs> I mean, I went through every, I mean, I talked to you talk to the same priest. I'm like, and yeah. I never did. I talked to mayor. I went back to that, uh, the, the, um, psychologist, psychiatrist. So I went back to her and talked yeah. to her, you know, I don't, you know, and no one could tell me, what to do. It was 100%. And me, everyone would support me. My husband's like, I, you know, you're not being punished. Maybe this is a challenge for you. Maybe God knows you can do this. Maybe, you know, he went through all these different scenarios, like, but I'm with you and whatever you decide, I will back you. I will support you. And all my friends and everyone 
but at the end of the day, it's, I was, and I sent emails to the parents, just, they weren't, they weren't nasty, but they weren't real nice that, you know, how could you put me in this position? We would never been matched. I would never be in this situation if you would have flat out said to me earlier, if to take, we want both. You get the selective reduction questions and you're like, okay, I have to answer this. You know, I really have to answer this, but it's not going to happen to me, right? Right. It's not going to happen. That's not going to be me. It's not going to be me. And you're coming from the, you know, the great A's and the, and the 14 embryos. And this is all like a rock star moment. And And then selective reduction is different than abortion in my world. Yeah. It's, and it, it isn't, but it is. So I could do a selective reduction because medical science put this baby in medical science. You know, this is, this is all medical, 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 but when it's wanted, it's now an abortion. So that's then where and that's, they don't that ask was you, how will you, you have an abortion? You know? that, that's, how, that's how you thought about it. Because yes, we're, that we're, was my brain. Surrogacy is in a world where there aren't a lot of perfect words for things. It's really about the spiritual journey that you're on and who mm-hmm. you are as a person and who, uh, what you believe and all of those things. Exactly. And I mean, I don't even know if I know anyone else who's ever been in a similar situation. According to Mary, it hasn't happened that way, you know, because everyone's prepared for, if it's two, yeah, we'll do two, you know, if yeah. it's, um, and that changed my relationship because when we went back, when we went to that, that appointment where they were checking the health of the embryos, that only the dad came and he said, you and the mom are going to have, not going to have the relationship you probably want because she can't go through with, the selective reduction. You know, if you do, we support you, but she will not be able to have much of a relationship with you. Wow. And that was like, oh my gosh. Again, it was like another slap that, so um, when I decided to keep both, which I did, I did not have the selective reduction. I couldn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all. And yeah. I just said to them, you can't come to the first couple of doctor appointments because I have to get over my anger issues right now. I'm yeah. just really unhappy and really sad. And I have to just deal with this. And they said, absolutely, we totally understand. And so they were very gracious and very nice about it. At the end of the day, the pregnancy was wonderful. It was really? great. It really was. It was, I was, I ran all the time I, I got to do. I was, hel- I was probably the healthiest in any of my pregnancies because I'm having twins. I'm going to eat the best. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to do everything perfect. Um, a, because of two and B, because of me, you know, I want mm. this to be at the end, you know, me and, um, but my water did break at 30 weeks. So, and I had the fattest feet I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> I literally, I, I, when I would go running, my shoes barely fit. I, I could tie them. But as I went running, they, I would stop a couple of times and time tighter because the more that I would run, the smaller my feet would get. But then when I would sit down, they would just, I've never seen my husband. We took pictures of him. My, my feet were the biggest. <laughs> oh my gosh. None of my pregnancies, my feet get so fat. These were huge. Wow. But I did not feel that big. But yeah. you know, at 31 weeks or 30 weeks, I was yeah. like a 40 week pregnant, like a full term pregnant yeah. lady. Um, but when my water broke, we were actually at um, a hockey store in Madison buying a helmet for my son. Hmm. And um, I went to the bathroom and um, stood up and it's like, Oh my God, I just peed again. And I sat down and I stood up and I just peed again. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I just carefully wadded a bunch of toilet paper up and <laughs> put it into my underwear and walked back out. We were like, we got to get an A to Z here. And my we're husband gonna... was balancing this other friend's child on his knee and he's talking and I'm whispering in his ear. I'm like, my water just broke. We have to go. He's like, yeah, well, whenever you're ready. Now, now we're ready now. So we, you know, and I had my kid with me. So we, you know, went to the hospital. Yeah. I literally just thought, I don't know what I thought, but yeah. I did not think that they would say to me, you're on bed rest here at the hospital until you give birth. It's like 
the worst case scenario, I'm self-employed. I'm on bed rest. Wow. Oh, I just like, no. So um, I was there for a week. Yeah. Cried every day. Every a other week. day. I was there for a week before uh, I went into labor. In bed. Yes. Because I tried to sit up in the rocking chair and the nurse would come and she's like, hey, Lori, what are you doing? I'm like, sit. And she goes, you have to be in bed. I'm like, really? She goes, it's called bed rest. I'm like, I can't sit in this chair. She's like, no. I'm like, what did you do for a week? <sighs> Cried. That's it. I, yeah. Um, my husband brought the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boys would come and visit at night, but they were busy at that point in baseball. And I said to the nurse, if I got in a wheelchair and wheeled my way down and my husband mm-hmm. drove me and I wheeled and sat in a wheelchair, can I go watch my kids play baseball? And she's like, no. I'm like, do you have a bed to go? Yes. I'm <laughs> All like, bed rest at the stadium. So it's like, oh, I was so sad. I mean, in fact, uh, I asked for, I had a, a, a pair, a pair. Actually, these intended parents had sent me, I don't know why I had these in I'm trying to think would have been Mother's Day, Father's Day. I don't know. They sent me pairs. So, and they were wonderful pairs from, is it Harry, Harriet and David? I don't know. Anyways, my husband brought them up for me and I wanted to cut them. So I asked the nurse if I could have a knife to cut the pair. And she's like, are you stable? I'm like, stable? Are you stable enough? You've been crying a lot. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to kill myself or anybody else. I just want a darn <laughs> the, pair. The pair. <laughs> so she brought me a plastic knife. They would not bring me a real knife to cut the pair. I'm sure I probably looked like an idiot. Oh my goodness. But um, my, then my contractions just kicked in. So you a really? week, yeah, contraction. And they said, I'll sit there until contractions kick in. Yeah. Which is why they said bed rest. Because when you get up and down, my water would leak every time. Yeah. And so laying down kept the, the water because I guess they produce more. They produce every time they pee the babies. I guess they yeah. produce the water in the bag. So the baby was fine. Yeah. But more you walked, you would drain it. So that's why they made me sit down. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, wow. And then contraction kicked in. So did you have a midwife like you had planned the first time? No, because twins, you don't get a midwife. So there's another. Yeah. So then I went back into the OB world. But yeah. then in hospital, they kept telling me, doctors kept telling me, baby A was head down. So as long as head down, I can deliver vaginally if I can get a doctor who's willing to do an extraction because baby B was not head down. So um, I never knew who the doctor was. It really, I don't even know if I saw the doctor. It seemed like interns, you know, always kind of came in. But the moment that the water broke and I, or that my contractions kicked in and things were going on, and I got wheeled down to um, get ready to have the... Um, epidural because I never had, I never had drugs. All my other births were all totally natural. Even um, the one in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then I had to have an epidural because the nurse is like, trust me, darling, if you have an extraction, you do not want to do that without drugs. And if there is complications this way, you're ready right away for a C-section if need be. Yeah. So then the doctor pops in and it's this female doctor. She's like, hi, we're going to get y'all ready for C-section. I'm like, no, I don't want a C-section. She goes, well, I don't do extractions. I'm like, okay, I was told I'm allowed to ask for a new doctor. And she's like, well, they're all in meetings right now. And I'm like, oh my, so I just, again, I just sat there You're and like, cried. I have a meeting with this two. Far, right? <laughs> like I, my meeting's actually important. I got to meet two people today. <laughs> right. So I don't know where she went or what happened, but by the time everything was rolling, this other young gentleman came in and this little petite little girl that I'd seen a lot during the week that I was there. And he's like, Hey, um, I don't even remember his name. And he's like, I'm here, we're going to do this. And, and uh, I said, do you do extractions? He's like, yes, we do. And so this, this little girl that was with them and she seemed, she was residency. She had two days left of a residency. So she was dying to have me because she wanted to learn how to do an extraction. So this sweet doctor taught her. And so she delivered these babies. So she got to learn how to do an extraction. So it was really cool. So I got wow. to, so, I mean, it was, it turned out beautiful. The babies were wonderful. I felt really awful that I was 
I think, nasty to these intended parents. I wasn't nasty, but I didn't have the relationship I wanted. And I blame myself for that, really? not them. Because I could have I could have moved on, but I really held this grudge, I guess. Um, but I don't anymore, and I didn't then. And, and, and they're ever so sweet to me, you know. But uh, no, too healthy. One girl, one boy. So... I'm I'm really struck by you saying the that you I mean that you regret oh, holding do. on to the anger. I do. I sent them in fact when they were there that day that I delivered and they came back to see me and I just started crying. I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry for all my anger and I've sent an email to them letting them know that I I truly was sorry. At the end of the day it was stupid. The anger I mean to be mad at first, I guess, but to not get over it, you know, like you said before, once you decide, you decide to go on. But no, I, I held this grudge. I really did. That's a um but they don't hold, they, they say they don't hold it against me. You know, they're very happy. I think they're, I think the mom is sad that it, you know, she didn't have some of the pictures she probably could have had of me, of my belly growing. Yeah. Um, but she, she understands too. At the end of the day, what really matters is the end result. Yeah. And they got the end result and it was, it was good. It was good. I'm as joyous with the twins at the end as I was with the first one. So. What was it? Um, were, were they with you at the hospital and, and got to? Yes, they got to. They weren't in the OR. In the yeah. in the OR, you only could have one person. Mm-hmm. So at that point, in case something happened to me, I wanted my husband there. Of course, yeah. and I don't. I don't regret that. I mean, I really wish I could have picked more and let more come in, um, but. Um, but, but they, they were, were all there. there. They were there, and her, their younger Did child. Did you get was to there. see them meet the twins? Um, no. Because then by then the twins were taken away right away because they were, they were about four pounds a piece. So they were, and breathing on their own, which the doctor came in and said, that is amazing. You don't have babies born at 31 weeks often that breathe on their own. So I'm like, I'm healthy. I was healthy. You did it. I did it. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, if you could go back to your angry pregnant self, what would you, what would you tell that Mm. self if you could go back and talk to her? You know what? my gosh, hold on to what's important. And what's important is the end result. You know, whatever happens in between, it's going to happen. You know, it's, it's the bump in the road like life. But the end result, the real reason why you went into surrogacy was to bring life into the world. And that's, that's what you're going to do. And it's, it's, um, but yeah, I um, don't hold the, don't hold the grudge because it's not worth it in the end. I don't know if I answered that nice, but, uh, but you got through it and I you did. delivered these two beautiful babies. Absolutely. Um, how did you feel after that journey ended? Good. I'd, I'd do it again. You'd do it again. <laughs> do Were it you, again. Did you call Mary? Were you like, okay, we're well, sign up. We're, we're, <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah. I don't know if I said it right then and there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in fact, you know, and I was gonna, and that's when I got turned down by the doctors. I was going to do it again. Really? Yeah. Cause it does make you feel so good about yourself. You know, it's funny because the first time the reason I went into it um, truly was the financial end of things. It was, you know, this is a part time gig that doesn't take me away from my family or my children. Um, We're going to put windows in our house. We're going to redo windows. We're going to paint the house. So this is money that I can do without leaving my family for Um, the second time. One hundred percent heart. One hundred percent heart. So it's it it does change you and you don't realize it's going to change you until you go through it. Can we talk about the money for a second? What did that mean to you? How how did you feel about money the second time you were going into it? Because there was still a financial exchange, right? Absolutely. And yeah. kind of the same. And they have a form. And so they help you figure out what to do. And it is, I didn't realize how it was going to be, but there is your 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 lump sum 
and then you get an X dollar amount for maternity clothes, for travel expenses, for um, any certain testing that you might have to do above and beyond. So they help you. They guide you through all that. So you don't, you know, um, if you're going to have twins, if you're not. Um, and, and so it, you just, you filled it out. So then second time, I just kind of filled it out just like I did the first. It was really, the first time was more like, okay, money. I'm going to do windows. I'm going to paint my house. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, all yeah. these things. Um the second time was just, it was just kind of a, they're just, just fill it out, check the boxes. That's, yeah. It just, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't about financial the, the second time at all. Yeah. Not that the first time was, but it was, you know, it was just, it was my part-time job Yeah. where it wasn't a part-time job the second time. Did it change when you were going through your first journey in terms of how you felt about, you know, the, this idea of part-time job versus kind of like a mission that you were on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Where it got hard the second time around was the three, the two failures and the shots in the butt. <laughs> they just hurt after a while. I, th- I think you just get scarred maybe. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know it's coming the second time. Yeah, but you know unless my coming. husband, I roll reversal. I'm not so sure I could. And this needle, I, I don't know if you ever saw it. If you ever saw it. I didn't. It's, it's not little and it's long and it's thick and you have to just, Put in like a dart. I'm going to talk to our surrogate yes. for, for the sibling project <laughs> because I feel like I would I would take the shots. I would do it, right? Yeah, for my right. own child. You, exactly. Of course well, I would. Absolutely. Of course I would. But I'm like, at least like, maybe I should just like give her a shot just to just like. Just a shot of water to see what it like. Just to, well, just to like be like, ha- have an idea of what she's really going through. Even I, we talked about it, of course, like yeah. every day. Um she sent a, a photo of like, she, she showed us the bruise. Yes. You know? Lots of bruises. Yeah. In fact, now, how many years later, if I hit my butt or certain areas just right, you can feel that same sensation that you had. Oh, so, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, the, with financial, like why the second time around, if it's mission driven for you, why even go there? Why even get paid? Yeah. Um, Oh, because that's the form you fill out when you talk to Mary. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a great question. You know, it, yeah. it, it does change you. It does limit you. You know, you, you, um, you are risking, you know, certain things so that that is the compensation in that. Um, it's just, when you say you're risking certain things. I mean, you're well, putting you your body risk. at you're, risk. You're, yeah. Your body at risk. Yeah. yeah. You know, your family at risk for, you know, bed rest and things that you're taking away right. from them. But well, I mean, I've said this, um, Actually, so I interviewed our surrogate, Giovanna, who you'll hear. And the thing that I, that I felt was she is showing up for us in our family in a way that we could never show up for her. And this is a way we can show up. It'll have some impact on your life. It's not the same, but at least it'll have an impact on your life. And so we get to show up for you. Now, looking back at it, I'm like, I'm so glad we were able to do that. That's cool. No, you know? I don't, I don't, it, it'd be interesting to talk to the intended parents and to have some of these questions, ask them to see what they, yeah. what they, cause that's, I, it breaks my heart to think that you guys have to pay that much money to have children when I didn't to have mine. But by the time you get to surrogacy, you are so ready to oh. be a parent and you are so committed to that journey. And so that is the difference between you know, kind of getting pregnant by accident yes. Yes. Um, when you didn't intend to to be pregnant and you weren't thinking about parenthood versus. Right. Ver- yeah. You guys, there's a yeah. mission and, and that's, yep. yeah. yes. And that's why you want that perfect embryo. You know, you're, you're going in this, you know what you're going into. You've, 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 you've done everything to get this 
perfect child. And that's what yeah. I feel like hopefully we give you guys is this, this perfect child. Well, you did it twice. Three babies are yeah. in the world. Well, that's the other thing that I'm like, it's about the parents, it's about the surrogates, all these things. But also these little kids are going to grow up and be in the world. I wonder what they'll think. And yeah. I don't know what they'll be told. I mean, obviously both my, my side, they have siblings that didn't come the same way. So yeah. I don't know how much they'll talk or, and I know it's not a hidden fact, yeah. but you just, you're just curious as to what these kids will think someday. Yeah. We'll have to do a podcast in 20 years. Yeah, and ask that's them. right. Ask these, <laughs> ask these kids if it means anything to them. That <laughs> doesn't matter. But just even if they never even, even if whatever conversation they have in 20 years, they're going to be out there impacting the world, having been created by so much love True. from so many people. And that's the thing they get to carry into the world True. that you are part of giving them. Yeah. It's cool. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Hope Works is a podcast created by Hope Surrogacy. Thanks for listening. Next week is the finale episode of season one. And for the finale, I'll be talking with someone I love very much. The surrogate who carried our daughter. Make sure that you subscribe at hopesurrogacy.com slash podcast or on iTunes so you don't miss that conversation or the start of season two. Lori, you're brave and incredible and generous, and I'm so grateful you met Gail, who introduced you to Mary, who introduced you to the parents you carried babies for. And now those babies are growing up, starting their lives surrounded by love. Thank you for sharing that journey with us. If you're listening and you're interested in finding out more about becoming a surrogate or a parent through surrogacy, come chat with us at hopesurrogacy.com. Find stories on our blog, leave us a message on our contact page, or come say hello on Instagram and Facebook. Just search at Hope Surrogacy. On behalf of all of us at Hope, Mary, Leanne, Amy, and myself, I can't wait to hear from you and talk about how Hope works. <laughs>